After the holidays, a little cash goes a long way. The Chime checking account has tons of benefits to help, like fee-free overdraft up to $200 for eligible members, no monthly fees, and thousands of fee-free ATMs. You can even get paid up to two days early with direct deposit. Sign up for Chime today at chime.com goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA members of FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply. Access to direct deposits up to two days early depends on the timing of the submission of the payment file from Bayer. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big. We go all night. And here, everyone is invited to get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas. And the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. A lot to get into here on a Thursday. Uh, coming off a very historic Wednesday night at Crypto.com Arena, Staples Center. And I could think of no two better people to have on the show today than the Sporting Tribunes, Grant Mona and G. Hay Wiley. Uh, Grant, I'm going to start with you first, my friend. We were texting um, throughout the game. And you were a pro's pro. You had this moment in the fourth quarter where you're like, I don't know if I want to do this show tomorrow. Uh, but thankfully, you are here. Um, but before I go to Jihei, and I've talked to Jihei about uh, her fandom and just always expecting the worst. All right, so great. Uh, you're up by, the Clippers are up by 21 points on the Lakers. Things are rocking and rolling. It's the Clippers' home game. They've been a very good home game. What was the moment? My friend, and I'm bearing the lead for those who don't know, and I don't know how you, you win at this point in time one day later, are the Lakers coming back from 21 points last night. And the last game that they will uh, be the road team, at least in the regular season, we'll see in the postseason, uh, but they, come, they came back from 21 points down. LeBron James outscored the Clippers by himself in the fourth quarter. Amazing stat that I, I don't know, I, I just was surprised by the, this is the first time in over 20 years, 20 years. You have to go back to 2003, um, back when they had Shaq and Kobe, I believe, uh, that they came back from 20 or more points down in the fourth quarter. So a very historic, um, last game between the Lakers and Clippers at crypto.com arena, at least where the Clippers are the home, uh, team. Grant, as you're watching that unfold, what was the moment where you're like, Oh boy, here we go again. Uh, Rush, we talked about this before the show, but my father and I are, it's a very weird dynamic. He is a Laker fan. Uh, I'm a Clipper fan. And every time that he says it's over, I know that it's not over. Uh, and not just that. So that's that part of it. If I'm watching, if I'm going basketball terms, the minutes that I saw the Clippers open up the fourth quarter with a lineup of Daniel Tice, PJ Tucker and Russell Westbrook, or excuse me, it was Plumley. I knew that we were in for a disaster class. Um, <laughs> listen, that that lineup just never works. The spacing never works. You can have two superheroes out there with those three, and it's just not going to work. Um, 
For the Clippers, uh, Arash, you and I have talked about this a lot. Jihei, you know how I feel about it. The Clippers are playing horrible basketball right now. Um, I know that you're going to look at the first three quarters and say, oh, well, they played a great game. Arash, I've been saying this for so long, is that the process of by which they're playing is just not championship quality. It's not top for quality. It is more like play-in quality. Uh, turnovers, lazy defense, bad transition defense. Um, down the stretch, it looked like the Clippers have never played with each other, ever. Um, and that's just not something that championship teams do. Um, you saw what championship players do. The Lakers, down the stretch, executed. They knew LeBron knew exactly who he wanted. He wanted Daniel Tyson to switch, and he wanted James Harden to switch. And he got his matchup every single time. That is what championship players do, and that's what championship teams do. And I know that the Lakers, may, you're going to look at the same and say, oh, well, they're not a championship team. They went to the Western Conference Finals last year for a reason. Mm-hmm. This Lakers team last year, that core that was on the court, Rui, Austin Reeves, D'Angelo Russell, LeBron, and AD, those are guys that have been there, done that in the playoffs when it gets down to the nitty-gritty, and they showed why. Terrence Mann has never been in a finals-type scenario. Uh, you know, the guys that the Clippers had out there, sure, individually they may have gotten to a conference finals, but together this group has never done it. And, you know, you could say it's a huge collapse, this and that, but this has been a process that has been going on for for a while now for the Clippers. And, Jihei, I'm going to speak for both of us as Clipper fans, is that uh, you can tell in my tone that I'm, am I surprised? Not really. Um, am I shocked? Not really. I've seen them do it in the playoffs. I've seen them do it in the regular season. Um, it is very disappointing, obviously. This is a game that they should have won and that they kind of had to win if you're looking at their upcoming schedule. But um, I got to give credit to the Lakers because the Lakers were down 19 in the fourth. They never backed down. They never gave up. They kept chugging. They kept scoring. They kept giving it to LeBron, and LeBron made his shots. So that's what championship-caliber cores do. That's what guys that have been there done that do, and they did it to the Clippers. The Clippers got a lot of soul-searching to do right now because their schedule is unforgiving coming up. GK, we talked about yeah. this, right? Like, like, like when you're watching that unfold, I mean, are you just thinking, here we go again? Or, or again, you've, you've seen this play out time and time again. But, man, 21 points, 21 points in the fourth quarter. I was thinking, is Doc Rivers our coach again? Like, what, what, what just happened? What, what just happened to that, um, to that 20 point lead, 19 point lead? You know what? Um, LeBron said it best in his, um, post game, uh, interview with, uh, Sedano. He basically said, you know what? The game ain't over till it hits zero, 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 zero. And that's unfortunately just last night what Clipper Nation didn't do. You know, they didn't play till the bitter, bitter end. And it was just kind of disappointing. And, and Grant's right, man. Like LeBron got those switch ups real quick on Norman Powell. So he was able to do whatever the heck he wanted to, right? Um, on those switches. So it's just, it was, it was disappointing. I'm hoping that they learn from this real fast. Um, I'm also hoping, you know, that the coaching staff learns real quick that, you know, never count those guys out, especially since like LeBron plays for certain things and he will always play for certain things, right? He's going for 40,000 points um, in the next two games that he's going to be playing for. He's, uh, you know, he's also trying, he knows the Laker culture. He's trying to go for that playoff run as well. Um, he knows what they have to do in order to get there. Um, you know, the players that are playing for something are really, really dangerous. And then tack on the fact that this is LeBron James. Right, like this is this is one of the most talented uh, NBA players uh, on the planet. So I just, you know, I, I hope that c- the coaching staff makes a little bit of a change. 
like Graham said, I mean, I wasn't like, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I quarter one through three, I was like, I was watching, but not really. I was like looking at my phone and then watching and, and looking at my phone and then watching. Um, I'm really disappointed that I missed the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and the <laughs> Miami Union music for this game. <laughs> um, I, I was you should have watched that, G.A. Right. Seriously. Seriously. I, I was just really disappointed. So it's just, you know, I mean, that's what TiVo's for, I guess, or, you know, um, recording it is for. But I was just really disappointed, you know. Um, yeah. But at the same time, I wasn't surprised. I wasn't entirely surprised, which is really sad. And I, I hate this narrative, too, for the Clippers. Like, I'm... I'm re- I'm waiting for something to change. Let's hope it's you know next season where every game is is a game where you're expecting them to win. You know, like I I was hoping for more of a Duke kind of culture to come out of this team. Where I mean, they're starting our starting five. I shouldn't say ours. I'm not on the team. But like the Clippers starting five and their backup five are better than those than the starting five for the Lakers. In my personal opinion, I know that's bold for a lot of people to say because I know there's LeBron and AD. But if you look at how those guys play against one another, they're they're better. They're just better. They just yeah. need to come together and figure it out. Like I don't, on paper, they're just better. So this this was disappointing, but again, not shocking, which is unfortunate. Listen, I mean, there's no doubt about it. They are one of, if not the most talented teams on paper. And GA, we've kind of joked about that, like like on paper and how that play out on the court. Uh, Grant, before we talk about the struggles with the Clippers, I mean, this wasn't exactly the lineup that you've been. Uh, uh, hoping for, or at least you and Brandon, who will join us in the next segment. Again, Jared Vanderbilt is uh, not healthy right now, but it was that core four at least uh, that really propelled this team to the Western Conference Finals. Two of those pieces came over following the trade deadline, where again, you have like the big two at least, uh, Anthony Davis, LeBron James. Uh, and Dustin Reeves, you know, Team USA, <laughs> you know, perhaps number three, but then Rui Hachimura and D'Angelo Russell. Rui with that big three, corner three, uh, and then followed that up with a two, you know, big five straight points there uh, to help the Lakers get the win. What can a comeback win like this do for the Lakers? And again, with that sort of core five that really um, propelled them at the end of last season, when again, Griff, they were in such a precarious position following the break where they were the number 13 seed. They were below 500. Um, we were talking at the time, like, like, can they, like, even sneak into the play-in tournament? That's not even a question. I mean, like, the one thing that I talked about um, following the game, the Lakers are now just three games back of the five seed. And I think, listen, as a basketball fan, the one thing that you could hope for is that for, for the first time – and the last time we would get a hallway series, we would get a number four versus number five matchup between the Lakers and the Clippers. I mean, so it, it, listen, I'm, the, the question is not if they can sneak into the play tournament now. It's you know, can they get like out of the play tournament? Uh, first, focus on the Lakers. What can a win like this do for that team? Oh, a ton, uh, a ton, especially when you do it against a contending team. Well, in my opinion, they were contenders, but, you know, against a very good Clippers team. Um, this core, Arash, like you've, like I've said to you plenty of times is that this core, we know that it can get done. We know that they can do it in the playoffs when it matters. We know that Rui Hachimura shows up. We know that D'Angelo Russell at times can carry an offense in the playoffs. 
The Lakers went back to their roots, right? Give the ball to LeBron and get out of the way. That's usually what works with the Lakers. And when you have guys around LeBron, like D'Angelo Russell, like Rui Hachimura, and I know Vanderbilt's not in there, he's hurt right now, but when you have him out there, it's just such a complete roster. It's just such a complete lineup when everyone's healthy and playing. And this is why I've been clamoring for them to play this lineup more as much as possible, is because I know it works, and we saw that it works again. This also, for me would give me confidence that if I see a Lakers team against the Clippers in the playoffs, if I see them against anybody in the playoffs, and they have that lineup that I just saw do that in the fourth quarter, I have the utmost confidence that the Lakers can win a basketball game, even when they're down. So it not just, it doesn't just do a lot, you know, in terms of basketball, but mentality wise, confidence wise, it gives them the confidence to say, Hey, I don't care how much we're down by, we just beat the number four seed in the West yeah. after being down by 20 plus points in the fourth quarter. So it instills confidence, not just in that core, but in the guys around them too. Um, because now you can go into any matchup and say, Hey, we did it already. We did it last year in the playoffs and we just did it again. And in the second half of the season, Arash, momentum matters so much going into the playoffs and getting on a run going in. That matters. You need key wins like this. I know they're going to say it was at Crypto.com Arena. You're at a road game. There are a lot of Clipper fans there, by what I heard. So doing this in that environment with that type of team that you're playing against, it's huge. It's huge for them. But the Lakers outscored the uh, Clippers 39 to 16 in the the fourth quarter. LeBron James by himself outscored the Clippers 19 to 16. Um, Gee, can the Lakers kind of use this comeback win? Turning point for them again. Right now, they're the number nine seed, three games back of that five six seed. Uh, that's uh, big, obviously, because you're 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 no longer in that play in tournament. How does a victory like this help them as they close out the season? Oh, it helps them a lot, Arash. It helps them a lot. I think um, to Grant's point, momentum. I'm a huge fa- factor of momentum. Um, you know, going into any playoff series, going into any contention to get into the playoffs as well. Um, I used to get a lot of examples, but we just got a double bye because we just beat Louisville last night um, at Cameron. And I don't want that double bye, right? I don't think even the Lakers would like, I mean, maybe they'd like a little bit of rest, but they wouldn't want, you know, a complete rest because of being able to carry on that momentum. I'm sure they're going into that locker room fired up right now. Right. They're super excited. They're pumped. They're like, you know, guys, if we can beat this team who's number four in the West, we can beat anybody. Right. Like you're on you're kind of on a natural high right now. Like that's what winning does for people, um, for anybody in general. Right. Winning winning is great. Winning's awesome. So um, I think as far as this is concerned, they'll definitely be more of a motivating. I would be motivated. Um, and I would assume that the Lakers would also be motivated. And it, it, it instills your confidence in guys like Rui Hachimura, in guys, you know, that are. Um, you know, here and there, your starters and, you know, get ample playing time. I mean, LeBron could be LeBron. He's yeah. going to get his. But you want those other guys to be on that level with you, right? You want those other guys to be like, hey, you know, guys, like I I can do it myself, but I don't want to do it myself. You know, like it's your time to like, here's the ball, like score 19 for us. Here's the ball, like, you know, get four four blocks this game or whatever the case may be, right? Get get our boards and stuff like that for us and step up. And so I think that this game may be it could be 
possible um, game changer for them to obtain this playoff spot, right, and get um, higher in the rankings for them as well, a little bit of mo- motivation. Grant, you've, you've touched on this, but the Clippers have just simply been in a funk since uh, February 7th when they lost at home to the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, since then, if I could just, uh, you know, loss, win, loss, win, loss, win. And now, uh, for the first time, they, they, they don't follow up a loss with a win. They have back-to-back losses. Um, so again, below 500, uh, during that stretch there. And again, you've, you've, Told me, you know, uh, and we've we've talked about that their struggles with the Pelicans. Uh, why was that a turning point, and how can they fix things? Uh, I just think that Arash, when when teams start to figure you out, and when teams start to look, the Clippers had a great run in December and January because. Teams thought they figured them out, but they really didn't, right? The Clippers kind of just went on this insane run where nobody had an answer. Now teams are starting to kind of figure out what the Clippers try to do and what they're going to do on uh, possession by possession. So they know that James Harden's going to try to draw contact. They know that he's going to try to do a pick and roll. They know that they're going to try to go to Kawhi almost every possession and try to post him up. Um, and with Russ, they're just going to give him space. I mean, I know I'm saying this because I watch the team all the time, but these, this is how teams scout the Clippers now. Yeah. And what I'm seeing is not just a lack of execution. It's not just a lack of focus and mentality by the Clippers. It's the other team, the opposing team, just scouting them better and playing them better. Teams now have a basically four-month scouting report on the Clippers and how they play. So what that does now is that Ty Lue and the Clippers have to say, okay, they kind of figured us out in these ways. Now we got to adjust ourselves. And I just haven't seen that yet. The Clippers are playing the same exact basketball that they did in December and January. And that could can be a good thing. But now that teams are starting to figure you out, you have to adjust back. You have to try different things. And that's why you're seeing P.J. Tucker in a lineup with Russell Westbrook and Plumlee. That's why you're seeing these types of weird lineups that you didn't see is because now teams have kind of adjusted. And for the Clippers, like you're going to play size again. I said this again, Arash, you know this. I said that the Lakers give them problems, the Pelicans, the Nuggets, the Thunder, the, all these teams. And look but at all those teams a, I just that's mentioned. A lo- that's a lot of teams, Grant. You know, like, like, yeah. like you know, yes. like, like if you were exactly just, if you just said like one team, like like the Denver Nuggets give us problems, and it's like, yeah, of course they're the defending yeah. champions. Hopefully, you don't face them until the conference finals. But you just listed off, and again, we've talked about this, but you know, Minnesota, Denver, Oklahoma City, New Orleans. LA, I mean, you basically all playoff teams. Those, oh, exactly, all playoff teams. Uh, so yeah, yeah, go ahead, GA. Yeah. Yeah, no, but I was just going to say, this wasn't my question, but size is always going to be an issue. It's always going to be a factor for the Clippers, I think, in general, just because I'm not saying they're small, but when you compare them to OKC, when you compare them to, yeah, they're tiny in, in comparison <laughs> to those said teams. They're small. They, they yeah. just are. They're going to run small. Um, my, my question was, and, and again, this going back to that point, though, I um, think that this is on their scouting team, right? This is on your scouting team they just need to do a better job of you know figuring out ways that you guys get that we that the clippers can make those adjustments mm-hmm. my question to both of you actually is russell getting taken out as it, towards the towards the end i believe five fouls right mm-hmm. um that that russ had why why if the, if he was doing such a good job it's it's like you you basically were like he's fouled out let's just rest him it's fine you have one more foul for him so why not keep him in that game could he have been maybe the difference maker and helped out a little bit? 
Jay, hey, that's a great point, and I think it boils down to the Clippers. Like you just mentioned, they're not adjusting. So if you see Russell Westbrook playing well and getting after diving after loose balls and giving it his all, and you take him out because the analytics or your your stats in the past ten games say to do so, that's not good coaching, right? You have to adapt to the flow of the game. That's why the best coaches leave the guys in that are doing the best job. It's not just because oh this lineup closes well. No, if a guy's playing well, I'm going to leave him in. If a guy's playing bad, I'm, I'm going to take him out. There are a lot of coaching errors in this game, um, and that's some that I haven't seen from Ty Lue in a long time, but it, it is it is a little bit concerning now. I'm starting to get a little bit concerned about the process that the Clippers are putting out there. Yeah. I mean, it, it, yeah, Arash, would you have? No, I mean, I'm sorry, Arash, would you have put it in? No, yeah, I, I definitely would have kept them in. I mean, because basically what you're doing at that point is you're for- forcing the official to make, like, a tough foul call there. And hopefully, yeah, like, listen, the officials know that, that he has five fouls. So um, I, I trust Russ to be smart. I trust sort of the official officials in the fourth quarter to swallow their whistle. So we'll see. Um, <laughs> but I, I do love that it was a classic game. I mean, obviously, as a Lakers fan, I do love the uh, final result. But, 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 but I know, sorry. But beyond that, mm. but beyond that, I, <laughs> I did love that, that it was a classic. And, uh, you know, for many, many years prior to the Chris Paul trade, and even to be honest, like after the Chris Paul trade, like the Lakers and Clippers have not been good at the same time. And we missed out on them, uh, them, listen, like if they played in the postseason in the, bubble in Orlando, it would not have mattered. So I'm um, pulling for a hallway series. All right, let's leave it there for now. We're going to bring in Brandon Deutsch to uh, kind of uh, give us his thoughts on the game. Uh, and we'll talk about a few more things. And I want to get GH's thoughts on court storming. All right, we'll uh, leave, 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 leave it there for now. And we'll be back right here on the Mighty Air 1090 <laughs> in Southern California, the Bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big. We go all night. And here, everyone is invited to get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas. And the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or a comment or want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. Uh, all right. We were talking a lot about the Lakers historic comeback last night at Crypto.com Arena. It will be at least or at least in the regular season, the last time being the road team as the Clippers are the home team, but uh, we'll see if we get that hallway series that has eluded us all these years. Let's welcome back uh, Grant Mona, G. Hey Wiley, and also welcome in uh, Brandon Deutsch from the Sporting Tribune. Uh, Brandon, uh, we've heard from Grant, we've heard from G. Hey. I think you can assume how they're feeling as longtime, um, you know, Clippers fans. 
Brandon, okay, we I I we're on the text exchange, so I, I knew how you were feeling when the Lakers were down twenty one points in the fourth quarter. Uh, you were, however, very complimentary post game on Twitter. Uh, we we don't deserve what we're seeing from LeBron James at thirty nine years old. Your thoughts on what you saw LeBron and the Lakers do last night? You know, it's impressive because it's not just him at 39 years old. How many times have we ever seen that by anybody? And he's doing it at 39 years old. I mean, this is a guy that, you know, has had an, a great year. Like, we're just kind of glossing over, you know, 25, 7, and 8. Cool. You know, we kind of were putting him to the side. This is Anthony Davis's team. And the team was awful. D'Angelo Russell was, you know, missing airballing threes. Austin Reeves, they were down 20. Dinwiddie looked like he didn't know where he was. Um, you know, and then at the end, Torian Prince, I mean, don't get me started on his performance as of late, but then LeBron James out of nowhere takes over. And for a team like the Clippers without Paul George, I don't think, you know, we're, we're not taking that into consideration. And all of a sudden when they stopped hitting shots and LeBron started hitting shots, they felt it. They got scared. The Clippers, you could see, like you could see it in their possessions and they're a very ISO dominant team, regardless with Kawhi Leonard and guys like that. Like you take the ball, you know, James Harden, you take the ball. And when it's not working, you know, after they start missing some shots, it gets to their head. It's happened all season. Um, And, you know, that's something they're going to have to work on. But the Lakers, Best win of the year for them. I mean, they were dead in the water. Really a game they needed to win after blow, you know, not winning against Phoenix. Um, a couple of tough losses, you know, one against Golden State, uh, as well. And at the end of the day, this was an excellent one for the Lakers. LeBron James outscored the Clippers in the fourth. Brandon, one more for you. I mean, that core group that you have talked about again, Jared Vanderbilt's not healthy right now, but when you looked at that comeback in the fourth quarter and I looked at the floor and it's LeBron James, it's Anthony Davids. It's uh, it's um, Austin Reeves, Maria Hachimura, D'Angelo Russell, big uh, plays by both D'Angelo and Rui late in the game. I mean, this was the group that helped them go from the 13th seed and below 500 following the break to the Western Conference Finals. Can this team go on a similar run this season? Yeah, I want to say yes. I'm going to say no at this point. <laughs> As crazy as it sounds, you know, because this is a huge win. And it's just because the West is so much better this time around than last year. Um, it's getting to the point where Oklahoma City, I'm starting to respect. Minnesota, I'm starting to respect. I'm like, okay, yeah, they could beat them in a series. But that's if you get in. I mean, you still have to go through the Warriors in the play-in at this point And other good teams. So at the end of the day, you know, do they have the talent? Of course, they have LeBron James. I'm never going to count them out. Him and Steph Curry, it's like the Chiefs. You ne- you can never count them out, okay? But at the end of the day, this team has glaring issues. Defensively, they keep giving up 70 points in the first if half every game. It seems like every game. They're 26 in defensive rating over the past three weeks. They won't survive if they don't get the defense uh, figured out, and they likely won't until Vanderbilt and Vincent come back, which could be never. So if they have Vincent and Vanderbilt back and everyone's healthy and they're the seven or eight seed, okay, then I'm confident that they can win a series or two, probably more likely one. But if they stay at 9-10, which is looking increasingly likely the way the rest of the West looks, grim is the, is the um, outlook for the Lakers. Yeah, Brandon, I, I, I'm not going to lie. I totally agree with you as far as just the outlook in general. Um, 
health or not healthy, like one or two series max, and then maybe this team goes by the wayside, so to, so to speak. But um, that being said, in an ideal situation, LeBron even said in his post-game uh, interview that health is obviously their Achilles heel. It's the crux of, of the Lakers organization. It's always has and always will be um, their ability to stay healthy. That being said, if everything were perfect, it's an idealistic world for for Laker for the Laker organization, Laker fans. What is your ideal lineup then? You know, Vanderbilt's healthy, everybody's healthy. It's like the perfect world. You know, you're you're making those decisions. You're Rob Palinka. Like, what is that idealistic um, roster um, starting five for you then? Yeah, I mean, Grant's gonna know what I'm gonna say. Same with Arash. Um, Jared Vanderbilt in the starting lineup, Rui as the sixth man. I, I know Rui was excellent in the playoffs and that lineup was working in the playoffs, but I still like Reeves, Russell, Vanderbilt because, the, you know, Vanderbilt has like seven foot one wingspan. And then Davis, you have him and Davis. That's just gonna cause fits for opposing players and Vanderbilt can guard the opposing team's best player. That's a guard. Davis obviously can't guard a guard and LeBron James, right? So you have LeBron, Davis, Reeves, Russell, Vanderbilt. That's key. And then you have Gabe Vincent and Rui Hachimura off of the bench. You have some defense with Gabe Vincent, Cam Reddish, you know, you put in for defense. Torian Prince is losing, you know, my trust. I like Max Christie a little more right now. And it's because of his defense. He hits threes every once in a while. But I wish they would play Max Christie and Cam Reddish off of that bench unit with, you know, Rui and um, Gabe Vincent. If they're all fully healthy, I think that's the way to go. All right. I've been waiting to. Do you look- think that those guys yeah. could. Sorry, sorry, no, no, sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead, Rush. <laughs> like, oh no, I was just well, gonna say, yeah. do you think that those guys can compete? Can do you think that those guys can compete against an OKC against a Denver? Uh, you know, in, come playoff time. Not Denver, but everybody else probably. Yeah. All right, Gha. Okay. Gha. Okay. Enough questions from you because I have a question for you because I know you're very passionate about this. It is. It usually takes one big, high-profile. Um, whether it's like an injury or something for uh, people to, to start. I mean, court storming, field storming, but court storming in particular has been happening for decades, years and years and years. It, it, by the way, it used to happen back in the NBA finals. I mean, you look at those uh, clips from back in like 1985 when the Celtics beat the Lakers or 1988 when the Lakers beat the Pistons. Thankfully, they've stopped that for what, not, not for whatever reason. We know, you know, college perhaps doesn't have the same security. Um, all right, Jihei. Court storming. I'm just, I'm just gonna put it to you on a silver platter there. Following uh, what what happened recently, uh, your thoughts on court storming? Well, I know it's gonna be a shock because everybody thinks that you know I always love everything that the coaching staff says for Duke, but I don't agree with Shire. I do not believe the store store court storming. Sorry, should be banned. I think that's ridiculous. Um, I think that there are 19, 18, sometimes 17-year-old kids that are storming that court. What were you doing at 17 years old, you know, kind of situation. But that being said, I do think that the safety of the players, of the staff, of, you know, people that are on that court actually playing and coaching, that should be a priority prior to the court storming. Now, I'm going to say this. UConn fell like... I want to say a week ago to um, Creighton at Creighton and they stormed the court and nobody got hurt. So they were also granted. They were also favored to win the game. So these guys kind of knew the security staff knew they're going to storm the court. We're going to win the game, whatever, whatever, or sorry. No, no, no. Um, We, 
uh, Wake was actually favored to win the game um, against Duke. So with that being said, I think that um, what what should happen, and I actually have something in place for this, what should happen is you need to bulk up that security because you can actually like try to get, they enter from one way and one way only, right? They enter from the student section yeah. um, on the baseline um, in normally in one area. That's where the students are going to come and bum rush the court. Now you make sure all these kids, staff included, they all say their goodbyes, they say their thing, and then they all exit um, formally. This happened at in, in Creighton, and everybody was gravy. They were still able to storm the court, and nobody got hurt. Um, also, this is this is on the uh, this is on Wake Forest. This is not on anybody else, by the way. These this is on whoever is hosting that game which will never be due because we don't storm the court like that. But um, this is on the facility. This is on the organization. This is on the university. Um, this is their responsibility. And that that's something that should have been taken into consideration considering you were favored to win the game. So for me, I don't want to ban court, uh, court storming, but I do want the security to be beefed up. You could easily get yeah. more staff for this and allow it so like these kids can – They'll celebrate a huge win against the number one seed team and against the number eight seed team, whatever. Um, I'm, I'm all for it. It's totally fine. But the way that they handled it was terrible. God awful. Um, I want to say there, there, I know that there was a fine induced, correct? There was like some kind mm -hmm. of penalty induced, I think, to wake um, about that, like financially. I mean, and if anything's going to kill anybody's pocket it's going to be the money so i think that they got a financial fine for that from the ncaa but um yeah i i don't know i just that would be my personal solution beef up the security you're gonna have you can easily outsource and get a security team um to help out in that regard and be beef up the security so these kids don't bum rush you know a star player like uh flip um, like kyle yeah Grant, what's, yeah, what's your thoughts so, on that? Yeah, my thing is that you can't get rid of court storming. You just you can't get rid of it. It's something that basketball and football. I mean, we love to see those kinds of things. Obviously, we don't want anyone to get hurt. Obviously, that's the number one concern. If it was me, I would do this. I would get a lot more security, like GA yeah. said, but I would also just escort the opposing players there off the go. field immediately. Yeah. Off the court, off the field. Escort them off. As soon as that game ends, escort them off. Then have everyone storm yeah. the court or storm yeah. the field. Celebrate with your players, right? Don't, because whenever you bring fans that could have some alcohol in them, when they could have some rowdiness to them, it's very competitive in a lot of these games. You're going to have problems and hostility when you're playing an opposing team that you do not like or that you just upset, whatever the case may be. So getting the opposing team immediately off, and there should be a system in place. I know a lot more security would help that. Getting them off the court of the field is ideal because that's what causes most of these issues. It's never the case, maybe, maybe sometimes, but it's never the case with the home team getting into any problems. No. It's always somebody running into a Duke player, somebody running into an opposing player on a football field. And that sparks the issue. Get them off the field and then celebrate with your home team on the, and I know that kind of defeats the purpose of court storming. It kind of defeats it because right. you're, you're rushing while they're there and it kind of makes it more uh, of a rage, but 
if if you're looking at the main point of, of storming a field or a court, it's to celebrate your home team just doing something that usually never happens or that's something something rare that happens. So yeah. that would be my thing to do is just immediately get security to escort the coaching staff and the players off and then hey, go ahead, have fun. Maybe don't right. take down the field goal posts. But especially <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> especially if you know it's going to happen, right? Like you yeah. know those kids are going like they're prepping like I think the Alabama Auburn game, like those kids are prepping and they are pushing themselves to come down onto the field once Auburn is about to beat Alabama. So like you know that they're coming. Yeah. You know it's gonna happen. So bum rush them and get them out of there. Yeah, I but totally agree. GA, you brought up a really good point where where certainly in basketball and football perhaps as well. You know, like they're in just one section. So it's not like you have to uh guard three hundred and sixty degrees. I mean, like you're not worried about the old you know, 60 year old guy sitting courtside who is d- d- donating, you know, like it's really the student. So again, hopefully they can figure out uh, the sweet spot there because again, I love the passion during COVID. Like I, I just wish that we had those moments again and we do uh, just, we have to find a way to do it safely. All right. The fact that we have Grant and Brandon here, um, I'm really stoked because I, I, we have not had a chance to uh, talk since Shohei Otani made his debut in spring training for the Dodgers. And I know on one hand, Grant is uh, thrilled. Uh, he's very excited to see Shohei Otani wearing the Dodger blue. Oh, um, yeah. Brandon, I think, kind of called this. I mean, he's he's uh, much like uh, Grant and G.A.R. with the Clippers, I think, with the, the Angels. He, he saw this moment coming. So I'm going to start with Brandon here. You knew this day would come. They had the press conference, all that good stuff. But now you've seen Shohei Otani uh, wearing the Dodger blue in spring training. First game in spring training, hits a home run. I know you're not surprised. Uh, your thoughts on Shohei Otani with the Dodgers so far? I mean, it's exactly what we thought. He just <laughs> keeps doing the impossible, right? Home run, second at bat. I know everyone was going crazy. Oh, he struck out looking the first at bat. And, you know, and then you see what happens. And then Yamamoto striking that guy out in the splitter. It just seems, you know, 2020, 2024, it seems like, you know, or you could say the same thing about the Lakers, although we won't go there <laughs> with the 2020, 2024 conspiracies about the teams winning. Um, but the Dodgers do have a real chance to win this year. It's going to be about health on the pitching staff. Um, they're not going to have Otani pitching. <clears throat> we know he's going to hit at a high level, though, and we're seeing that already. He could win the MVP just on his bat, straight up yeah. this year. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I yeah. think yeah. I was just gonna chime in. Uh, what I've seen from the Dodgers just in the first games from either of these guys, from both of these guys, uh, it's exactly what I've expected. It's unreal to see Arash to see both of these guys, uh, Yamamoto and Otani, perform like this. I mean, Yamamoto yesterday went two innings against the defending champs, and they, they were without Corey Seager and, and a few guys, but it was against the defending champs, and he made big league hitters look silly. And there is a lot of questions about. Will Yamamoto's pitches translate to the MLB? Will his arm translate to the MLB? The, the baseball is a little bit different from Japan. Well, it looked like his splitter looked pretty devastating and it looked like his fastball was pretty uh, hot coming in. I think it was 96, 97 coming in. So I have no concerns about either of these two guys. Um, but you know, as all Dodger fans know, all Dodger fans know, even baseball fans know, even people that don't follow baseball is that it matters in October, right? I can say all I want about the spring training debut of these guys and how great they look, and they do look great. Trust me, I am very excited. 
but it matters about the process. I, I hope these guys don't get too big headed. And Mookie Betts mentioned this already. Every every team that plays them is going to treat it like it's the World Series. So they're going to have a target on their back. But man, oh man, can Shohei Otani hit the baseball on Dodger Blue? That he he hit a three two fastball in on his hands. And I listen. I played the game. This that's very very hard to do. He hit a three two fastball in on his hands to the opposite field for a home run. Uh, Dodger fans should get used to seeing things like that because he's been doing that for years. Brandon knows this. Um, and for Yamamoto, I am very excited to see how he approaches major league hitters, how he looks over the course of a season. But from the debut, Arash, I mean, this just looks like it's going to be a lot of fun this year. Brandon, you touched on this. You know, you guys both played. I mean, like, it is very hard to do what Shohei did. I mean, it goes without saying. We've not seen... Uh, a player do that to that degree, to that level since Babe Ruth. In a season like this, where he doesn't have to pitch, he doesn't have to focus on that, like that, that is not a concern of his. Uh, and again, he's been such an amazing hitter, and you touched on he could win most valuable player just with his bat. How much better can he be now that he's just tunnel vision focused on that? Not worried about pitching, just hitting. I think even better. Um, I think more consistency should be expected from Shohei Otani. Not to say he wasn't consistent last year. I mean, but we saw his incredible first half and toward, you know, there were some slumps in the second half. Um, that was because he was focusing a lot on pitching. This is before he got hurt. Um, when they were still in the race, I think he had a two for like 30 stretch or something, something to that level. Now we're not going to see that as much. We're going to see consistency, and he's protected in that lineup more so than he was with the Angels. So I wouldn't be surprised if he hits 50 home runs, you know, with a 310 average and 125 RBIs this year. Uh, and one last thing for you, Brandon, before we close out. Are you surprised that Mike Trout is, listen, I mean, maybe he's doing it behind the scenes, but he has not publicly said, I want to be traded. I, I, I want to stay here. Brandon's smiling right now. Your thoughts on Mike Trout right now with the Angels? I get it. Um, I'm a very loyal person myself. Like I'd want to be with the team that gave me a chance that wanted to, you know, give me the opportunity. Um, but they haven't done him any favors. He's got to put his career first. This is one of the greatest players we've ever seen. And he might never be in the playoffs ever again. We might have seen three games in him. Wow. So I think the Angels have to do it for him and should trade him, whether he wants it or not. Real quick, Grant, what, what would you do? I mean, if you're, I don't know, like advising Mike Trout, I guess. The Angels have to swallow their pride and let this guy be a playoff performer. I know that he can be. He has the talent still. Um, I know he's declined a little bit with his injuries, but this guy, when he's healthy, is still a top 10 baseball player in the world. And I would love to see him on a playoff stage. Will the Angels be scrappy? Yes. Will they be a playoff contender? Probably not. Um, so the Angels have to swallow their pride on their end. Don't worry about Mike Trout. Swallow the pride on on your end. This guy committed to you. Now commit to him and try to do him right. That's what I got to say about it. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it, it's just such a... Um, you hope, again, that the team does right by him. And uh, I would imagine behind the scenes, Mike Trout's probably having those those conversations if, if, if this is not a, a playoff, at least contending roster. And it certainly doesn't look like it right now. All right, this was fun. You guys are the best. we, we got to get together uh, soon. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe, stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.